0: Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia, exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, Lead Pastor of Mosaic Church.
1: an honor it is to be in His presence... But I'm also grateful to be in your presence as well. Excuse us for one moment as we get ourselves together. How's everybody doing? Oh, I guess not so well. Okay, we're going to pray through that today. How's everybody doing? Good, good. I'm so honored to see you all, all this crazy weather we've had. and It seems like every Sunday God blesses us with a perfectly beautiful day. Somebody can say amen, amen. Well, we're going to continue in our series. We're talking about flawed, being flawed individually, being flawed as a nation, being flawed as a church. And so today we want to focus our attention and energy on the flawed church. So many people have given up on church because of people. And I'm here to tell you that I may be preaching to the choir today. But you can share this with your neighbor because I guarantee everybody in here knows somebody that's not a part of a loving church community. Everybody in here knows somebody on some degree that's not a part of a loving church community. So this message may fall on you all, the choir, but it's your duty, your mission, your job to share it with those people who have given up on the church. Let me pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, in this moment, I just completely move out the way. I make room for you, O oh God, in my flawedness, in my flawed self, all of my imperfections, all of the mess that I am. Use me today, Father God. Use me in the manner in which you've called me to use me, Father God. As a pastor, let me be your representative today to share your word and make it real just how flawed we are in that the, the, the church that we see today was not your plan, Father God. It has become institutionalized. So, God, we're going to look past that today and focus on what you would have us to do or how, us, how, how you would have us to look according to your plan. So, God, let us focus on that. I move out of the way and make all permission for you, God, to just use me like never before. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. If this vibrates while I'm preaching, no worries. I'm trying to discipline myself to, you know, wrap up pretty quick here. Let me first by start by saying I want to have an open apology. Is that all right? Let me first apologize for every single pastor that broke your heart. Let me apologize for every single pastor that lit, did not live up your expectations Let me apologize for every single pastor that did not feed you. Let me apologize for every worship leader that didn't sing your jam when you needed it most. Let me apologize for every single Christian that offered some some meaningless words of hope when they actually had the resources and means to actually meet your need at that moment. Let me apologize for every single Christian that looked you dead in your face and didn't even say hello or offer a hug. Let me apologize for every single church that we see in the media that has not lived up to God's expectations. On behalf of the body of Christ, I apologize. I apologize for every time somebody saw you in the need of prayer and said I'll be praying for you instead of just taking that right there opportunity to pray for you. I apologize. I apologize to every person that was of a different culture or a different race that looked at you differently because you didn't look or act like them. I apologize. I apologize for every pastor or Christian that judged you because you weren't wearing what they considered to be church attire when you attended their church. I apologize. I apologize to everybody, every Christian that looked at you sideways because you were a single mom uh, or divorced or, or, or because you were openly gay. I apologize today. I apologize because that is not who God called us to be as Christians. That is not the example that his son set when he was here on earth. He loved everybody regardless of who they were. I apologize also because I want to make it known that we are flawed. Those people that may have looked you in your face and didn't hug you or say hello, we don't know what they were going, uh, what they were going through. I apologize because, because we are all imperfect the church is flawed because we're in it. Now, that's not an excuse. Please understand, I'm not making an excuse for uh, not praying when we should have prayed or not meeting your need when we had the resources or not embracing you when you needed a hug. That's not an excuse. It's just a reality that we're in a church, we're in a place where we're all flawed. And it's so amazing to me how God brings a bunch of us together, flawed, messed up, jacked up, different stories, different backgrounds, brings us all into one place and expects us to get along. (laughs) Isn't that funny? That's how God works. Yeah, you're jacked up. Yeah, you're messed up. Yeah, you got issues. But guess what? I'm going to put you all together in one place and get along. You know, if, if we understand the Bible, we can read the entire book of Mark and understand the writer who wrote the book of Mark uh, intentionally focused on the flaws of the disciples. He constantly, if you read the book of Mark, he constantly pointed out just how immature and jacked up they were as disciples. Constantly, if you read the book of Mark, get a chance, read it, you'll see. All he kept, keeps doing is like, these are a bunch of knuckleheads, I can't believe Jesus picked them. He could have picked a whole bunch of people, he picked these people. Knuckleheads, why would you do that? And the book of Mark constantly points that out. But in the end, it, 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 it brings it home why God chose these flawed people to start what will later become the church, the body of Christ, these flawed people that, were, that, that God used to begin what we call the modern-day church. The church is flawed because we're in it. There's a writer that I really love. Uh, He's a writer and author. His name is Fritz Rittenauer. And I love what he says. He says this about about our faith. He says in an article he wrote, it's actually a commentary on the book of Mark that he wrote. He says this, on Romans actually. He says, how to be a Christian without being religious. That's the title of it. And this is what he suggests. This is the most, this, this line sums up the entire commentary. He says, he suggests that Christianity, if you take a note, this is your first spot. Christianity is a relationship, not a religion filled with rules and rituals. Christianity is a relationship, not a religion filled with rules and rituals. And if we read the Bible, isn't that the truth? Let's start with the first relationship, uh, uh, God has with His Son who He sends here. That's the first one. Then, then His Son has to go make some relationships and pick out, you know, He tried at first to kind of step out on His own, but they almost threw Him off the cliff, if you recall, right? So, He says, you know what, I'm going to need some people to have my back, so let me form a relationship with some people. Our faith is relationship. Everything we do is relationship. It's relationship with each other. other. It's relationship with the community. But most importantly, it's our relationship with Christ that matters most. Everything we do as Christians is relationship, not uh, rules and rituals. And I mention this because these are some of the things that drive people away from church. I'm not dressed a certain way. i got to wear my skirt down to my ankles. Uh, I I must wear a tie, and if I don't wear a tie, they're going to look at me sideways. Uh, uh, We have to do communion every first Sunday. God forbid we miss a first Sunday where we don't do communion. Everything is ritualistic. And God says, man, they didn't have a plan. If we read the book of Acts, the church in Antioch and Jerusalem, they didn't have a plan. They just flowed, man. It says, Jesus said do this, but he didn't say, like, every, like, what calendar day to do it. He just said do it often. That means we could do it two or three times a day. That's often. Often is relative to us. Often two or three times a day, every day, once a day, once a week. Often. The, the, the church in Antioch and Jerusalem didn't have a, a set plan or, or anything. They just did it. Here's the thing. And this is what I really want to y'all to share with those people who are not at church. Those people, I talk to people all the time, they say this, you know, I'm going to come to church. I just got to get myself together. I love when people say that. I'm like, really? You can to get yourself together outside of the relationship that you need with God? Here's, here's, here's my thought right here. God doesn't wait for us to be perfect before He uses us. He don't wait. Look at the disciples. Anger management, tax collector bunch of knuckleheads with issues, you know, doubters, issues. And God was like, y'all are perfect. And out of all of you imperfect, perfect people for what I need you to do, three of y'all are going to be my best friends. And one of the three cut people's ears off, was ready to fight at the drop of a dime. He was a straight thug. Tupac had nothing on Peter. Huh? God doesn't wait for us to be perfect before He uses us. So here's my question to the church. Why do we put so much pressure on ourselves and others and the church before we actually step up to impact this nation? Huh? People were running away from churches. Oh, I wasn't being fed, and they, didn't ha- they don't have small groups, and, and I loved them until, you know, Pastor Broderick used to dap me up after every service, and now, you know, I may not get a dap. He just runs out the building. Uh, uh, Nikki used to just, just love me and hug me and take five to ten minutes and talk and be all up in my… just run out the… You know, I'm leaving the church. I'm going to find me a better church now oh, they changed their worship style. They're no longer doing uh, a Kirk Franklin. They're doing all heel song. I'm going to leave the church now. I'm not happy... With, with, with the stuff they're doing, so I'm going to leave the church. And, 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 and what we need to realize is that we are all flawed people under the grace of God that are still learning, that are still going to make mistakes as long as we're here on earth. It's not going to be perfect. If we took the time to make a perfect service for each and every individual in this very tiny church, oh my goodness, we wouldn't have church. I promise you, if I asked somebody like, what, what song would you want to hear? everybody in here is going to have a different song. Maybe two of you might agree, like, you know, like, if you hear it openly and publicly, like, yeah, that is my jam. I do want to hear that. But if I ask you privately, what's your song, everybody in here will have a different song. If I ask you all privately, what would you prefer me to preach, you all would have a different message. I guarantee it. If I ask you all, it, 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 you know, if not Mableton, where would you like to have church? Guaranteed, everybody wants it close to their house except for those who live in Mableton, right? Here's a question. How can I connect more people like me? People who've given up on church. Some of my friends, that list of people that I just, when you asked that question, Pastor Broderick, about 15 people came in my head. When you asked that question, Broderick, I immediately thought of so-and-so. How can I get so-and-so back into church? One of my favorite things to hear is that, oh, I'm not really religion, religious. Good news, neither am I, but I am a Christian. There's two different things, baby, two different things. Me and religion don't get along. Me either. I don't get along with religion either. Matter of fact, you see religion, tell them, don't come by my way. I want nothing for religion. How can I connect more people like me, flawed, jacked up, but love Jesus, and bring them to this community? Here's your note. Let's go to Acts 15, 19. I love this. James says this. He makes it plain and simple in Acts. He says this. And so my judgment is this. How do I attract more people like me? How do I connect more people like me? Here's what he says. My judgment or my thought is that we should not make it difficult for Gentiles who are turning to God. We should not make it difficult for anybody. Come as you are. Come as you are. I don't care. Just wear clothes. I don't care what kind of clothes. Just wear clothes. That's, you do, that is the only requirement. Wear clothes. Okay? Don't come in here with no leaf on talking about I'm trying to be as close to the Bible as possible. This ain't that type of party, okay? Don't come in here with the, the, the little sarong. and all. no, no. Wear some clothes. If you're going to wear a short skirt, sit in the back row. I am still a work in progress. Somebody say amen. All right? Wear something. That's it. Wear your tats. You can wear visible tats. I don't care if you have your whole arm uh, tatted. No, I don't care. Show it. That's, that's your business. But come as you are. Okay, I love when people say, man, so so in order to be a member of your church, what do I have to do? Show up. man. That's it. I don't got to go through no, no, no member thing. I said, well, I mean, if you want to know more about the church, just come by my house. I'm going to feed you a little snacky snack. I'm just going to tell you what we believe. I mean, I want you to at least kick the tires before you decide to commit to us. You know, I want you to at least kind of court us first. I mean, I'm with that. I don't want you to come and say, you want me to be a member today? That's why we ask, you know, people who visit, you are not required to give. That's why you stopped going in the first place, because as soon as you went your first time, they were looking at you. You ain't going to walk by the table and put something in the bucket? Oh, I have to walk? I have to walk? You ever been to a church where they say, even if you don't have it, just walk by the plate and touch it? That's too tempting for me to touch it. I see a $100 bill sitting up there. I Oh, I didn't know that I must have got something sticky on my fingers. You understand what I'm saying? You're going to put me on the spot? I don't want you. Listen, the other thing is I don't want to embarrass you. If we have any visitors here, please stand up. State your church name, your pastor's mama name, what they cooked for breakfast this morning, how long you've been there. Are you, are you standing up for Christian experience? Or, no, come on, man. Why are you all up in my business? I'm just here to serve God. See, my godson got it. He understands ritualistic stuff that separates us, you know? Here's the question, and think about it. You don't have to answer, but you know in your heart the answer. Has or currently does a particular church fail to meet your expectations in terms of what it does, in terms of its leadership, in terms of the programming, in terms of worship or outreach? If so, this is what I want you to do. Remember that this group of people who are still growing in grace, I want you to still love them. Flaws and all. Here's the other thing I want you to serve them. Flaws and all. Here's the most important thing patient. Be patient. That's y'all's biggest problem. I get people emailing me and, 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 and sending messages through pigeons. When are we going to have small groups? We are a dang small group. We don't do enough outreach. You want to chair that committee of doing outreach? <laughs> I mean, real talk. It's like... If we can be honest here, we're not, we're a brand new church. Mosaic has only been existing since September 16, 2012. That is not quite six months, ladies and gentlemen. And you expect us to have this award-winning service. Why don't we have a full band? Because they haven't shown up yet. If there is something that is not pleasing to you here at Mosaic Church, guess what? Right now, publicly, on display, even if you're listening on the iPad or iPod or whatever, this podcast, I give you license and permissions to submit a a proposal of what you want to do. 99.9% I'm not going to say no, unless it's something offensive, unless it's it's something that is not edifying Christ, 99%, if it's something that's going to build the body of Christ even more and build relationships with people and help people grow, it's an automatic yes, step of approval. But you have to do it. You, not me. Think of it like this, if you're displeased, with the church you go to or the church you've gone to, think of it like this. If your family member didn't meet your expectations, would you suddenly stop visiting them? Huh? Oh, man, I went over my sister's house, and she burned the greens. I'm never going to see her again. Matter of fact, she's no longer my sister. Some of y'all might do that. <laughs> but the, most of you won't. You'll forgive your family, Right? It's, you, you forgive them. You say, you know what, they're flawed. She made a mistake. Whatever the case may be, we're still cool. This is your family. The church you attend where you say, I'm a member, and you hang your hat, and you walk around when things are good, and you're like, I love my church. I love my pastor. I love my worship team, blah, 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 blah. That's your doggone family. So why in the heck, almost said the other word, do you step away from your family when you are not pleased for a season? All right. I know I remember I'm not talking to y'all. I want y'all to share this with people who have stopped coming to church. The church is flawed. Let me tell you how I know it's flawed. Watch this. This is so amazing. I just did this research. Do you all know in the world there are 40,000 denominations. Let me let me let me fix that. There are 40,000 known Christian, just so you know I'm not talking about any other religion, Christian denominations throughout the world, 40,000. 40,000. Now, they may have started for one reason or another, but I guarantee about 80% of them started because I don't like what they believe. This ain't, I don't like it. So, you know what? D, Miss Norma, Brian, and, 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 and my man, G-Money, let's get together and let's start us a denomination. We're going to be called Mosaic Church in God and Christ. And Greg, you can have Mosaic. Huh? That's what happens. We start, I mean, we're not starting new churches. We're like starting whole new, new followings, new denominations, new cults. that's what's happening. That's how flawed we are. 40,000? That's like the population of Mableton. That's like every single individual having their own identity in terms of Christianity. Let me move on. We're we're pressed for time here. Let me move on. Let me move on. Let me move on. Okay. I'm trying to use modern technology these days, y'all, so forgive me. All right. Some of y'all who may not know, I'm going to share with you today. Those of you who have been here should know this. The mission of Mosaic Church is to reach, teach, serve, and love, exclamation point, because that love is real powerful. It's most important. It's to reach, teach, serve, and love. Reach people where they are where they are in their walk with Christ, or if they don't even have a walk with Christ, where they are in terms of their identity. I'm on the border. I don't know if I'm straight or gay. I like both sexes. Where they are in terms of their identity in their race. They might be biracial, and I want to identify with this side. Wherever they are in their identity and in their location. How they are, jacked up, messed up, confused, hurt, abused by the church, broke down, shattered, excited, happy, wherever they are, how they are, regardless of who they are, black, white, Asian, Latino, anything else, Martians, We want them all. I often say, and y'all know this, I'm going to wear this out. Y'all seen the picture of the brother with all the tattoos and piercings, and he's even got fangs, and, you know, he's got his face even tattooed? If y'all find him, send him a personal invite from Pastor Broderick. We want him to be the Mosaic spokesperson. I want to attract a whole bunch of people like that. I believe in my heart of hearts that he knows and loves God. But everywhere he's gone, they've looked at him crazy because of his image not because of his heart. And I bet you, I'm I'm firmly a believer that this brother's probably done a whole bunch of stuff that many of us have ignored for people who are in need. I'm looking for that brother to reach people where they are, how they are, regardless of who they are, with the life-giving message of Jesus Christ. God didn't plan for the church to be institutionalized God's plan was for the church to be a community of believers modeled like the book of Acts in Jerusalem and Antioch. Here's the thing. The only way we can do this is to step outside of our comfort zone. Step outside of our comfort zone. Speak up. This ain't just yours. If this is just yours, then we become a social club and not the community God called us to be as a church where we all cool and we become just one big old clique or one small group. And there are right now, over 60% in this city alone, 60% of people say they love God. They love Jesus. They know God. They know Jesus. But 60% are not a part of a church community in this community, in this neighborhood, in this city called Mableton. Now, let me me share something even deeper. In a 10-mile radius, it's in the hundreds of thousands of people that love God, that know people, that love Jesus, and all of this stuff, but they're not a part of a loving community. Why? Because the church has become institutionalized to them. There's too much rule and ritual that they have to follow just to serve and love God. There's too much stuff that they have to do, too many hoops they got to jump through, too many dances they got to perform in order just to serve God. God forbid they go to a church and they can't speak in tongues. You can't possibly be Christian. You can't speak in tongues. God forbid they go to a church and they don't have the ability to heal somebody. They don't have that supernatural thing. Oh, you can't possibly be Christian. And I really love churches that try to pray gayness out of you. I love them. Let's have a pray homosexuality service out of them. Really? Really? I Please. Oh, he has an issue with pornography. Let's pray the pornography devil out of him. Please, don't touch me. Who gives you that authority or license? Get out of my face with that stuff. This is what drives people away. I read this article, and it says this, and this is my heart, y'all. And many of you know I talk often about the next generation, our, our young people. I talk often about them. I read this article, and the one thing that stuck out in this article I read just last week says this. The church is hemorrhaging young people as well as young adults. And guess what? And is on its way to a place of irrelevance in America. Hemorrhaging, bleeding uncontrollably. Young people and young adults, that demographic right now is totally getting more and more disconnected from the love of Christ than ever before. And What are we doing to change that? Hmm? What are we doing to change that? Changing our worship style just to make it cool? That's cool. We brought them in. Now, how do we feed them the true living food, the true bread of life, the true water so that they never thirst again? How do we give that to them in such a way that they understand it and speak their language? Epic fail on our part. Yeah, we do. We got hip-hop, Christian hip-hop. They're winning Grammys and stuff now. It's not enough. It's not enough bobbing your head, wearing a "I love Jesus t-shirt is not enough. we got to change their hearts. And the only way we can do that is invite them into a loving community, kill everything that they ever thought was bad about the church, the religious stuff, the institutional stuff, and show them the real Jesus that loved them regardless of their flaws, regardless of their shortcomings, that loves them today, tomorrow. If they mess up an hour from now, he still loves them. We need to introduce them to that same Jesus, and that's where we win with them. Four things you should do. Four things you should do to win people or attract people that are just like you. Number one, you must accept the personal responsibility. You must accept the personal responsibility. You need to look at the plight of the church here in America and say, not on my watch, baby. You need to go to sleep at night if you can go to sleep, thinking of how you can impact or who you're going to impact tomorrow. You need to have a daily list of people that you're going to reach out to today and say, you know what? I haven't seen you in a while. I I know you've been hurt before, but let's hang out. I'm not saying you need to come to Mosaic, but you need to go to somebody's church. You can't do life alone. First thing, accept the personal responsibility. Make a commitment today, right now. Say it, I accept the personal responsibility to bring people flawed just like me. That's enough. They don't have to come to Mosaic, but they have to be in the body of Christ. They have to be outside of that. Man, I don't even want to think about it. I don't even want to think about it. second thing you must do is build a personal relationship. These people that popped in your head when I said people that are not a part of a community, man, don't call them talking about, you need to go to church and you ain't talked to them in several months. Like, fool, I ain't heard from you in a couple months. And now you're just telling me what I need to do? Start all over. Yo, what's up? Let's hang out, man. I really miss hanging with you. I really miss. Remember that one joke? Remember we did this? Start that relationship. Build that. and Because they're going to ask just in the same manner you ask, especially if they're part of uh, the church we all use, many of us, not all of us because a lot of us haven't been there, but uh, the church we, many of us used to go to, those people, oh, they're going to ask, well, what's going on over there at Mosaic? Are you still at Mosaic? They're going to ask those questions. That's a great opportunity for you to say what Mosaic has done for you. Now, if Mosaic hasn't touched your life personally yet, I'm sorry. We'll do better. But you still come for a reason. I don't know if you're your, your, you like me. I'm not nothing to like, something to look at, but not much to like. Nikki, you laugh way too loud. Let's go to some scripture. John 13, 34 through 35 says this, and this is, this is, this is Jesus saying it. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now, we understand in in Matthew the great commandment where Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself, right? But I think Jesus realized I got some flawed, jacked up people, and some days they don't love themselves. So if I tell them to love your neighbor as you love yourself, today I don't like myself, so I don't like my neighbor. I'm just going to ignore him because I'm ignoring me. So Jesus said, wait a minute. Let me fix this. Let me fix this, because I forgot I'm dealing with some, some knuckleheads here. I'm on my way out, and this is so important. I want to give you this. This is right before he's getting ready to be crucified. This is that same day. He says, listen, let me give you something. Let me change this commandment real quick. Love your neighbor as yourself, but most importantly, love each other like I have loved you. And how did he love them? Unconditionally. They were knuckleheads. They were doubters. They, they didn't... And you know, like my old people used to say, they didn't mind Jesus. <laughs> they didn't listen to him. They didn't mind him, but he loved him. He kept giving him stuff, kept giving him wisdom, kept, I mean, he even told him, listen, y'all gonna perform miracles like me. Even up to his death, they executed him. They like hiding, like, I ain't going up there. They, they know we used to hang with homeboy. I ain't going up there. They ain't gonna get me. The women were like braver. They're like, I'm going to go to the tomb and see if he's there. They sent them. Y'all go, we ain't going up there. They're looking for us. They know what we look like. All the way past his death, Jesus had to come back and be like fools. Clawed people. Listen, I died. This me. Do what I said do. Love each other as yourself. He caught, I mean, Peter had really given up. He caught Peter fishing again. He told Peter what to do. Peter like, man, this is for the bird. I'm going fishing. Y'all do what y'all want to do. I'm going. And Jesus come. He catching fishing. What you doing? Didn't I give you an assignment? Or uh, uh, what had happened was, real talk. Love each other as I have loved you with all your flaws. Even though you jacked up, I had I come back because I love you to tell you something. Third thing you must do, share your personal story. If you are in this room and don't have a personal story, just keep on living. But here's the thing. I know every single one of you in here, and I know you got stories. Every single one of you here have stories. And you should share it because I guarantee your story exists because of God. I'm not saying be all crazy and be like, let me pray for you, stranger, and let me share my story. You're going to scare the people away. But guess what? God gives you opportunities every day to share your story. I guarantee it. You. you know, when, you, when somebody is there and they're looking sad and you feel this pressure and you, you know, like you want to say something and you're going in your mind, like, how do I initiate this conversation with this stranger and how do I do? But I know I'm supposed to say something. I just don't know what to say. And then all of a sudden they're going, you're like, dang, I messed up. And all you had to do is say, hey, how you doing? I just wanted to speak. You all right? That has happened so many times. Happens to me. I work at Starbucks. That's my office now. And this sister, I'm there every day. Well, not every day, but every day I can be there. I'm there and I'm working. And the sister came up to me and she said, uh, she says, What do you do? Uh, are you a student or whatever? And I says, No. I'm a pastor. She says, I never would have guessed that. I was like, Well, what's going on with you? You don't seem like you yourself. And she said, uh, you know. I haven't been feeling well. Uh, I'm facing eviction. My health is not the best. I don't know what, what's next for me. I says, well, I don't want to mess up your job, but when you get a break, we can go right out here and I'll pray for you. She said, okay. Didn't happen. She never got a break. and I had to leave. But the thing is, she remembered. So the next time I went, and by the way, I prayed for her. I did pray for her. I, mean, I got in my car and I prayed for her. I don't know her name. And when I came, you know, I went back and I says, hey, you know, how did everything work out? How are you doing? i like, oh, things are better. I says, well, I just want you to know that I did pray. I don't want you to think that, you, you know, you told me you wanted to pray. I don't want you to think I took that for, for, for granted. I did pray. And I want you to know I, I pray that God has really changed things in your life. He says, well, I feel better. I'm here. They offered me to be a manager at another Starbucks location. So I think there's some hope. I says, well, that's good. That's good. That's all I want to hear. He says, you know what else? Somebody came in here the other day. They were sad. This is another thing I do. Uh, church blesses me to put, you know, an amount on my Starbucks card. And every time I pay for my coffee, I say, the next single order, you got to be careful when you want to bless somebody. Because the next person come may be buying for the office. So I say the next single order of coffee, add that to my, my bill. Don't, don't point out who, who did it. Just do it. And so I did that. And um, the girl told me that this lady was rushing in. She was just rushing. She was all flustered and just stressed out. And uh, she came and she ordered a little coffee. And she's a regular. She ordered a little coffee and she's like, oh, getting ready to pay. She says, no, 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 it's been paid for. Somebody, you know, one of our regulars. Paid for it already. This is the story the girl told me. I wasn't there. I wasn't a witness. She said, uh, and so one of our other regulars paid for it already. And she's like, really? Wow. I was having such a bad day. My day was off to a bad start. And there are some good people in this world that still exist. It's random. This lady started, her day was starting off bad. And it was like, if I don't get my coffee and this and that. And so she's like, I need, you know, maybe it's my caffeine fix. But just that. Simple random act of kindness. And what it, what I'm saying is it opens a door for relationship and for me to share my story. She looked at me and said, I didn't even, I wouldn't have guessed you were a pastor. I said, Good. Hey, man, I don't want to look like a pastor because I don't know what they look like. I hope they look bummy as me, but I am something to look at. Huh? Let's move on. Final point. Final point. Final point here. Share your story. I said that. Let me give you some scripture with that, Mark 5, 18 through 20. Jesus was getting into the boat. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with them. But Jesus said this, no, you can't go with me. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. And so the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region. He didn't go to the neighbor. He went to ten towns of that region. He went and told everybody in that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him here's the best part. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Not only were they amazed, I guarantee that they were looking for Jesus. Is he coming back? Huh? Can I go to a ticket place and get my ticket in advance and get a good seat for when he comes? Because I want what you're telling me happened to you to happen to me. Share your story. Final point, give a personal invitation. Give a personal invitation. Share your story, but say, hey, if you want, if you're not a part of a church community, a loving community, come check us out. Listen, we're going to give you some free coffee. If you have kids, they can go hang out over there. It's pretty cool. They do some fun activities. And then everybody there is like mad cool. Really, they will dap you. They will hug you. They will speak to you. They will want to hang out with you. It's dope. You got to check them out. Come check us out. Here's my point. At Mosaic Church, if you're here, watch this. Every member here is a, is a minister. You're taking notes. Every member here is a minister, not just me. Every task we do here is important, from the greeting, from the setup, from from the kids' ministry, from the music, from Greg working sound. Every task here is important, everything, inside these walls and outside. Final thing, every person here is a 10. You are a dime at something. You are a 10 at something. Why do I say that? Cause I need you. there are so many gaps to fill here. So many. And, and and we're pulling from the same group of people. I don't care what your talent is. You may cook well. Bring us some breakfast. Cook something a little something. Huh? You, you may be a graphic designer. You you may just be be very welcome in person. You may be good with your hands and, you know, very strong. Whatever your gift is, we need it. You're a tenant something. We could use it. No matter what it is, I guarantee we'll find a way to use it here, Mosaic. Amen? So remember, tell your friends, those who've given up on church, find a church. They're going to all be damned up. And if you find a perfect church, make sure you don't stay long because you'll mess it up. Okay? Let's pray. Eternal and gracious God in heaven. Today, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. God, we are so sorry for messing up your church, messing up the plan that you had. We've allowed our human selves to just totally jack up your plans for the church. And so, God, right now we're asking that you bless us and raise up leaders that would reconcile the church back to your original plan Where there's a community of believers, flawed, jammed up, messed up, but just have a heart for you and have a heart and passion for your people. God, I pray that Mosaic is that community. I pray that pastors all over this place begin to realize that it doesn't take rules or rituals to please you. It just requires our heart and availability. So God, bless everybody under the sound of my voice. I pray that this message resonates deeply within their hearts and that they share it with people who are far from you, people who've given up on the church but not you, that they will come back into a community of loving believers. I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will today decide to use the talents and gifts that you've blessed them with to somehow use it for, to bless this ministry. Oh God, we ask these things. In the mighty and matchless name of your son Jesus. And all those who read said amen. Amen.